Hey guys, it's Justin, the Disabled Vet, and uh, let's get into it today. Let's start off with a quick quote. Uh, it's in regards to PTSD. The problem with having problems is that someone always has it worse. And I think that holds no truer than to the American veterans. American veterans are pretty much conditioned that if you have a problem and you don't think it's a major problem, just suck it up, buttercup, and keep it to yourself. And and if it persists or the wife keeps nagging you about it, that's when you are to go and uh, deal with this issue. Um, reminds me of something my dad used to say when I was a kid um, in regards to feelings. Um, he used to tell me that as a man... You're supposed to keep your feelings to yourself until you're in your 50s when that all goes outward and turns into a heart attack. <laughs> uh, and I think that's a, it's very true for a lot of guys. My dad's kind of an old school kind of guy. Um, he's only 47. He's a, he's a, young, he's a young guy. I'm a, he's 47 and I'm 32, about to be 33. So obviously he had me when he was quite young. Uh, like I said, he's a manly man, and that's that's how he uh, tried, anyway, to uh, to teach me. And uh, I think that mindset is very true for veterans in general, in regards to if you have an issue, uh, keep it to yourself. No one wants to hear your problems. It'll it'll get better at time. Ignore it. It might go away. Um, and I, I think not only is this the mindset of most men, but this gets enhanced by military life. Correct? I mean, you you get sick, right? You get sick and you go to the doctor on base or at the VA if you're no longer in. And you're sitting there and, you know, you're sick and you got your cold and you want the doctor to take care of you. Meanwhile, there's a Korean War vet with uh, one arm and one leg missing uh, drooling uh, because he got hit with some sort of uh, illegal gas attack in the corner and you're thinking to yourself I am a terrible person I'm just a terrible person I don't need to be here you go to the desk like I'm canceling my appointment or you even say that you just leave because in your mind someone clearly has it worse than you and that is uh, good to be thinking about others in that regards but it's also bad because in life, you have to take care of your star player. In life, you are your star player. You can't take care of anybody else before you take care of yourself. I, you can't go out and buy people, you know, you can't go out and buy uh, homeless people sandwiches day in, day out. And never buy yourself a sandwich or feed yourself just in general. You're going to get hungry. You're going to wind up burning yourself out. You have to take care of your star player. All right, so let's get into a little bit of some veterans news today. The uh, veterans groups uh, across the country are blasting Senator Elizabeth Warning, uh, Warren, I'm sorry, Senator Elizabeth Warren, in regards to her support of undocumented immigrants. Now, they're not um, necessarily upset about the undocumented Im immigrants in general, although I, I do think that... Um, it's probably an underlying issue, but they're taking precedence over the fact that 
uh, many people on both sides of the aisle, left and right, seem very focused on undocumented immigrants. Meanwhile, we have veterans sleeping on park benches. If you served your country, if you knowingly and willingly put a rifle in your hand and went to the desert or went to the jungle and pointed that rifle downrange, not specifically to protect you because it's never really about you. It's about protecting your battle buddy. It's about protecting the men by your side. If you did that for your country and God blessed you enough for you to make it home, the least your country can do, the greatest country ever on earth that ever has ever been, right? This country was created on the notion that a man can at least dream of freedom and that dream should be able to come true. That that country should at least give you a warm place to sleep at night. Okay, no veteran, especially a disabled veteran, should be sleeping on park benches. They shouldn't be going hungry at night. They shouldn't be cold because they're sleeping in an alley in the wintertime and all they have are Chinese food boxes to keep them warm. And they, they just wind up staying all night smoking cigarettes because that's what's going to get them through the night to keep their body warm. That's disgusting. Nobody, no, no human in general should have to live like that. Especially those who sacrifice their minds and their bodies and arguably their soul for their country. Veterans in this country, and I speak for you because I am one of you, have been largely ignored. Okay, we, we are ignored. Day in. And yeah, nobody cares about our problems except us and our family members who see the pain that many of us go to. The human soul is one that's always at conflict. Okay? It's always at some sort of conflict. But war does something different to the nature of the human soul. It changes it. It twists it, it turns it upside down, and then when it is done, and if you're lucky enough to make it home, it is up to you to rearrange it back to something similar to how you were before you left. No veteran, no human being in general goes to war and comes back the same person. Boot camp. Boot camp, okay? is there to begin to twist and mend your spirit so you can be able to adjust to that lifestyle, okay? You, know, you go to boot camp and you're physically and mentally exhausted day in and day out for weeks and weeks and weeks. And you're thinking to yourself, why am I doing this? What is the point of all this, right? You know, I, I'm a cook or I'm, I'm an IT guy. I'm supply. Why am I doing this? And it's because at some point, you're going to get deployed to Afghanistan or Iraq or, or some unimaginably ungodly place with sand, most likely. <clears throat> and you're going to be working 12 to 14 hour shifts. 
six to eight days a week. I know there are only seven days a week, but sometimes you have a schedule where it's based on eight days, depending on what field you're in, as in career field. And then, you know, maybe you're lucky enough that somebody will give you a day off. And then while you're doing this, while you're working these extended hours and these long days, day in and day out, you're away from your family. You're away from your wife or your husband. You're away from your children. I don't think there's anyone here in general. There's no veteran. There's no military member, active duty, reserve, or guard that has ever gone to a welcome back ceremony. As in when somebody comes back from being deployed. I think we've all seen at least once or twice a father holding his child for the first time. Because while he was defending his country, his wife gave birth to their child. That is a sacrifice that this person has made to go overseas and defend their country. And this country largely ignores them. They protest them. They protest their funerals. I speak from experience. I speak very much from experience. I did a couple of funerals. And this was in Arizona. And the funerals were protested. I had my car vandalized. I've been called baby killer. Simply because I donned a uniform. And I thought I was doing the right thing. And today, I still feel like I did the right thing for my country. So these veteran groups, they have every right to be upset with Senator Elizabeth Warren. And not just with her, but with people on both aisles. Republicans and Democrats. Because veterans are ignored in this country. And it is time that we get together and say this, this has got to stop. This is enough. If you are a disabled veteran, speak up. And if you cannot speak, get with me and I will speak for you. If you're currently enlisted or an officer and you see what's going on, now is the time for you to say something. Because guess what? At some point, you can't be in forever. You can't be in forever as much as you'd want to be. Not everybody can do 20, 30, 40 years. Uh, there was this Air Force general. <clears throat> he started out as an E-1. An E-1, an Airman Basic. And he got out as a four-star general. A 40-year career. Amazing. Amazing, but we all can't do that. At some point, you're going to have to get out. You're going to get old. <laughs> you're going to be too broken, too many waivers, too many profiles. Uh, hopefully, you get to retire. Hopefully, you don't get forced retired. But we can't stay in forever. And then you become just another statistic. And it is up to you now to decide, do you want to be a good statistic or a bad statistic? Now. It's the time for you to speak up. Let's get to our next topic right here. Something that uh, I think we all clearly see. Four out of five veterans are overweight. 
why and people are wondering why four out of five veterans are overweight well i can i can tell you why it, it's not that hard to figure out one is well well the only real answer honestly is activity um we can break that down a little bit though okay so if you're you get out as a as a master sergeant let's say you're air force in e7 for you guys that weren't lucky enough to be in the air force um you get out as a master sergeant e7 you've been running for 20 years right you've been running you've been doing pt uh three days a week for 20 years when you get out you're not gonna run three times a week right you're retired i'm not doing that anymore no one can make me do that anymore all right and then what happens inevitably we all see it the guy retires you see him a year later he's put on 20 pounds because he's just not running anymore. He's not working out the way he used to. Because he doesn't feel like he has to meet a certain standard anymore. And that's an underlying issue of you're letting the military set personal standards for you. And you're not understanding why those are personal standards. Okay, maintaining your health is a necessity for the military. But guess what? When you get out of the military and you get older and you retire, you still need to maintain your health. Um, I, I, I know I talk about my dad a lot. I've talked about him a lot earlier. Um, my dad, Jerry. Uh, I doubt you're listening, Jerry. Uh, <laughs> he, he has worked out my whole life. Okay. I will say this, though. He, he's always had big arms uh big legs because he liked to squat um he never really had abs and i actually asked him about this and i said dad you you know you've been working out your whole life why don't you have abs and he said the reason why i work out is not to have abs it's so that when i'm an old man i'm not frail so he was working on his 20s preparing his body for one day when he's 60, 70, 80 years old. And he didn't want to be like that old man that we all see, you know, who he's sitting uh, on the love seat. And, you know, he needs the uh, the grace of God <laughs> to get out of that seat. Because his back isn't strong enough anymore. His thighs aren't strong enough. His hips are have gone out. And this is something that veterans need to pay attention to as well. I understand that you're exhausted from doing PT so many times a week. And 0500 is too early. You're not doing that anymore. You're tired of that. You're too old. You're too bored. You're too angry with it. But you guys need to do something. Okay? So whether you get into CrossFit or bodybuilding or powerlifting, you need to keep your body active. Okay? Because... I I see veterans, I see military men and women, veterans in general, kind of like sharks. And if you know anything about sharks is, once they stop moving, they die. The military life is very go, 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 go. Okay, let's hurry up and wait. And while you're waiting, go, go, go. Correct? I mean, we, I think we all know that. 
So when you get out and you don't do that go, go, go anymore, your body starts to regress. And you, what happens when you regress physically, you start putting on weight. You know, guys get that beer belly. You know, girls start uh, putting on those uh, those saddlebags on the hips because you're not working out anymore. But you need to. You need to take care of yourself. It's going to be easier for you in the long run. I cannot stress that enough. There's no reason why four out of five veterans are overweight. You know what you need to do. You don't have to do CrossFit. You don't have to do some sort of uh, tier-based powerlifting program. Just put on your shoes, put on your kicks, whatever you want to call them. Wear your old PT gear if you want, right? It's pretty comfortable nowadays. Put on that old gear and go out. And you don't have to do a, a, a ruck, right? You don't have to go out and do five, seven miles. Do a mile and build up from there. You know. And you know what's a good test? Do your PT test, right? You know how to do your PT test. You know how to look up the scores. You know what you need to do in order to get a, uh, a good score. Okay, you know you do your run, your push-ups, your sit-ups, depending on your branch, um, some pull-ups, right? These are all things you don't, you don't need fancy gym equipment for. I mean, it'd be nice if you went to a gym to keep your, your, your muscles strong, to keep them active. But if you don't want to do that, the least you can do is try to keep your PT test standards up. At the end of the day, it's not hurting anybody. It's not hurting you. It's benefiting you. Okay, guys? So really think about that. I'm going to say it again. Four out of five veterans are overweight. Why? Because they've gotten lazy. Let's get to this next topic. Uh, An interesting one, I guess. Uh... Prisons are experimenting with cell blocks just for military veterans. Interesting, interesting. I guess military veterans that go to prison, because you know, it does happen, okay? There are, there are a lot of, uh, sadly, there are a lot of criminal military guys out there. Um, I typically call them Army and Marines. <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding, guys, just kidding. I... I I apologize. It's a, it's an old joke. Uh, my uh, my recruiter would used to tell me, cause he used to tell me the reason why you joined the Air Force is because you don't have any priors. <laughs> uh, it's it's an old military joke. You know, we we try to have fun here. Um, I think that's very interesting that prisons are just now experimenting with cell blocks for military veterans. I would think. I would think this is just kind of a duh thing, right? Uh, military men and women have different mindsets. They have different expectations. They expect certain levels of respect. Um, they have We have our own inner hierarchy, right? If a, if an E4 in the Navy finds out that you were E7 in the Navy... He's going to call you chief, right? He's going to be like, oh, hey, chief. How's it going? I mean, you both could have gotten out 20 years ago. But like, hey, chief, how's it going? <laughs> it's just how it is. Um, and, and I stand behind this. I think this is a good a good thing um, to help 
rehabilitate these guys that have made some mistakes, and sadly they're in prison. Um, I think putting them with other veterans is a great idea because then what the system can go in and do is say, all right, you guys are separate from the rest of the population. You can still go and intermingle with them, obviously, but you guys are your own thing, and we're going to hold you to certain standards because you are veterans because we know you can do A, B, and C. So if you give us A, B, and C, you guys are veterans, you know, we'll give you D, E, F, G, right? Uh, I mean, people in general are very uh, tit for tat, and veterans are no exception, and prisons should be doing this, okay? And and hopefully, I'd like to see more programs like this across the United States. Um, finally, right now, let me just pull up the uh, article. Okay, and uh, this is actually from Stars and Stripes, okay? And it says, Sulkin proposes a limiting 40-mile and 30-day rule for non-VA care. Now, um, for those of you who don't read Stars and Stripes, it is a military magazine, um, or newspaper, rather, and uh, it just discusses day-to-day military things um, for active duty and uh, veterans alike. Okay, so the Veterans Affairs Secretary, the one appointed by President Trump, uh, this Sunday, today, uh, said, and let me uh, look through the article here. I don't want to, uh, I don't want to misquote. <laughs> okay. And, uh, sorry. He says, we want to make sure that we continue the current program so that veterans don't experience any gap in care. And what he was talking about was the Choice 2.0. And what Choice 2.0 is, for those of you who don't know, it is a program where if you are um, far from the VA or you booked an appointment and it's more than 30 days, that the VA must contract that out. It must contract that out to a local area. And... That is exactly right. Okay. That's exactly right. It is a great thing because not only does it alleviate some of the stress on the VA, but it also alleviates the stress on the veteran. And it helps improve the free market. Right? Because now you're getting your local healthcare providers involved with your healthcare. And uh, if you get enough of your local healthcare providers involved with veteran healthcare, what happens? Well, then other healthcare providers are going to come in and say, hey, these guys are working with veterans. We should work with veterans too. And the way the free market works is now you'll have people competing, right? They'll be competing for your business or rather the VA's business. And when people compete, what do they do? They provide, they try to provide rather something better, faster, cheaper. Okay, and that can only benefit you. Okay, I'm telling you right now that this is absolutely what we need. We need to eliminate the 40 mile, 30 day rule. It, it abolish it, get rid of it. Okay, I, I I'll give you a, a personal story, or I guess a a personal statement rather. Okay, I live in Williamsburg. 
the VA, the Hampton VA, um, from where my house is, is 39 miles away. 39 miles away, precisely. And when I asked the VA about, hey, can I just get, I mean, and this was in regards to mental health, so I could talk to my shrink. And I said, hey, um, you guys want me to start going more than once a week. Um, that's fine, but is there any way you can just find me a psychiatrist here? And the VA told me, no, I live too close. And I said, that's impossible. I live too close. I live 40 miles away. And they said, sir, we just put in your address. You actually live 39 miles away. And I asked the lady, what, what's, what's the difference on the mile? She said, well, sir, I'm sorry to tell you. But, you know, we have this rule. It has to be 40 miles or above before we can even consider giving you local health care. And I'll tell you right now, guys, that is utter malarkey. That is malarkey. There's no reason why someone who lives 39, 40 miles away from the VA should have to travel that far, that far for like a half hour appointment. Okay, I'm I'm... I cannot tell you how many times, how many times I have drove to the VA for, it, it takes a little over half an hour. It takes like, I think according to like Google Maps, it takes like 32, 33 minutes, right? So over half an hour to go to the VA and then have to spend another 15 minutes looking for a parking spot because the VA never has parking spots. This is actually something... Uh, uh, I'm going to go off a tangent here, but I, I, I think we can all understand. The VA, uh, at least the Hampton VA, the Richmond VA, and then before I lived here in Williamsburg, Virginia, I was a part of the uh, Southern Arizona VA uh, in Tucson. They never have parking. They never have parking, especially the Richmond and uh, even more especially the Hampton VA. They never have parking. But will I will accredit the Southern VA in Tucson with is they expanded their parking lot. And then when they expanded their parking lot, they did something awesome. They got some volunteers or maybe they pay them and they have those little trolley carts, you know, like at like Bush Gardens or, you know, at, at Disney World. And, you know, it, it's just you know, a little tram cart that will seat like 12 people. And they have those guys and they drive around the parking lots. Okay. And if they see you pull in, right. And they see you pull in and they see you looking for a parking spot. They stalk you a little bit. They wait for you to pull in and they pull up in front of you. But like, Hey sir, do you need a ride? And be like, actually, yes, I do. I would love a ride. And here's something else that's even better than that. Okay. So not only do they look for you, and they offer you a ride. They offer you a ride to your exact building. Okay. So if I if I happen to park in front of the main building and it's you know the main building is like building one, and I'm like, hey, I got this appointment. It says uh, it's in building twelve. Okay. Instead of him just dropping me off in front of building one, and then have to walk through the whole thing in and out of buildings. They actually take me and they drive me all the way around till I get to building 12. Or at least as close as humanly possible. And 
when I'm done with those appointments, I walk outside and there's a little bus, makeshift bus-like terminal and I push a button. And the button says that I am in front of building 12 and I would like a ride to my vehicle. And what happens? A, a tram car comes and the gentleman picks me up and some other people and then they drop us off right at our cars. Now, some of you may be thinking, oh, that sounds a little bit lazy, like you just don't want to walk. Well, not everybody's as fortunate as me. I mean, my my injuries are all mental. You know, I'm, I'm just crazy in the head. You know, a lot of guys have shrapnel on their hips, you know. You know, they're getting older, they get bad backs. Um, maybe some light sensitivity, right, if you've had some flashbangs go off in your day. And in general, people just get old, Okay. And there's no reason why some senior citizen, some old guy who fought in Vietnam and Korea, should have to park at the end of a parking lot and walk half a mile, basically, to to his appointment. That That is ridiculous. And that's something the Hampton VA really should take advantage of. If anybody's listening from the Hampton VA, for the love of mother... <laughs> Please, fix your parking lot situation. Get some tram cars. And help out those, help out us wounded warriors. And I know I went completely out of nowhere with that tangent. Um, obviously, I went off because I was talking about the, uh, the director, the Veterans Affairs Secretary, David Sulkin. Um, talking about eliminating the 40, 30 day, 40 mile rather, 30 day rule for VA care. And again, I'll, I don't, if you weren't paying attention or you just tuned me out because I was going off on tangent, I, I fully support this. Okay. If I, if I'm sick or am I hurt, I shouldn't have to travel 40 miles. Okay. If there's somebody locally that can do it for me. Help me out. Benefit me. It's it's literally the least the VA can do, right? It's the least they can do. It actually took me um it took me three years. Three years to get chiropractic work done through the VA. Because they just would not do it. They would not do it. They literally had me do uh Three x-rays to see where my back hurts in order for me to just even be considered for a chiropractor. And you know actually how I got to wind up seeing a chiropractor? I was deadlifting at my gym. And I was doing a, a, a 455, a double for 10. And on the last rep, on the second set, I pulled the weight up, brought it down, slipped a disc. Not not a lot, just slightly, but if you've ever slipped a disc, you know it's immense pain. Uh, it popped out a little bit. I uh, immediately folded over. It took me like 15 minutes to get up. I uh, I sucked it up. I, I put away all the weights. <laughs> I didn't finish the rest of the workout, but I did put all, away all the weights. Um, I dealt with it for a week. Going back to the first thing, right, where veterans tend to not want to complain about their problems. 
I did that. Uh, then after a week, I finally went to the ER because it was just too much pain. And what I mean by pain is quite literally, um, I'm a midnight peer. <laughs> so usually at some point in my uh, sleeping cycle, I, I get up and I, I use the bathroom. But when I pop my disc and I would get up to have to use the bathroom, I couldn't stand all the way straight up because that caused me too much pain because I was laying down and my back, my spine would relax. And then when I stood up, it would compress again. So when I would stand up, I would immediately hunch over almost completely, kind of like a Mr. Burns from The Simpsons. Um, and I would be able to take a few steps and I was literally crawling. I kid you not crawling on all fours to the bathroom just to pee. And if it wasn't, and if I wasn't crawling, I literally would have my hands on the wall hunched over, dragging myself side to side to the toilet. It, it was, it was literally that much pain. And I told my doctor about that. Uh, she gave me MRI and, uh, and uh, what do you call it? I'm sorry. Uh, an x-ray. And she said, Oh, Mr. Diaz, it looks like you have a, uh, somewhat of a slip disc. And I was like, yeah, 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 no duh. And, uh, luckily about two weeks later, it popped back in on its own. Um, it popped back in because it took a lot of muscle relaxers. And when I mean a lot, I mean like the whole bottle <laughs> because I was in so much pain I fell asleep, and some point in the middle of the night, probably about four hours into my sleep, it popped back in. And when it popped back in, I literally jumped out of bed, out of a dead sleep. Like The only way I could describe it is, you ever been under an IED attack? And, you know, you, you hear those shells first hit the ground, and you're dead, dead asleep, and you literally jump out of your bed and it's almost like you jump out of bed into your uniform into your gear and your your nine mil and your m4 already in your hand <laughs> and you know it's, it's in a matter of seconds and, and that's how my disc popped back in and from there uh i had to get another mri another x-ray and then the doctor said mr diaz Looks like your back is all better, but you might need some chiropractic work. I was like, oh, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> and she said, well, we have some contracts for you um, that you some contractors rather. And and we'll have them give you a call. So about a week later, they gave me a call and remind you, I live in Williamsburg. They wanted me to go to see a chiropractor in Virginia Beach. Okay, so remember, I'm traveling half an hour, half an hour to the VA at least, minimum, if I'm lucky. Virginia Beach is another 20 minutes after that. So basically an hour. So they wanted me to drive an hour away. And I told the lady on the phone, I, ha I, I, I couldn't help myself. I said, ma'am. Are you a crazy person? And she said, what do you mean, Mr. Diaz? I said, ma'am, I drive by three chiropractic clinics every day on the way to the gym. I'm, I, and I told her, ma'am, I'm Googling right now 
There are three within five miles. Why would I be going all the way to Virginia Beach? Why would you force me to do that? And her reason was, is because she didn't know if they would accept the insurance from the VA. And I said, ma'am, that's not my problem. That sounds like a VA problem. If there are healthcare providers, they aren't willing to accept your insurance. This is a government insurance policy. This is this is the VA. What kind of problems are you guys having where there are healthcare providers that don't want to accept your insurance? That they don't want to accept your money? And and I told her, I was like, ma'am, there's no way in the world I'm going an hour out of my way when I pass three. Okay, so you will. And I told her, I gave her the list of the three. And I said, you need to look at these three, call them, see which one will work with me. Because I am not going anywhere but one of these three. So I got off the phone. About an hour later, she calls me back. She says, Mr. Diaz. Good news. We we found somebody that will work with you and the VA. I said, great. Is it close by? She said, absolutely. I said, is it one of the three that I gave you? She said, actually, yes. I said, oh, thank you, ma'am. And, you know, sometimes, guys, you got to you gotta fight for it. You got with, with the VA, just like in life, just like with PTSD, just like in all things, military-related or even life-related, you have to fight for it. Because if you fight for it, you're making it worth it. Okay? You have to fight for what you feel something is worth. If you put no effort into it, it's not going to be worth anything. Right? You know? It's like a relationship. You know, those super easy relationships... They, they tend not to work out the way you want them to. You know, relationships are work. Hopefully not too much work. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, in life, work tends to be a good thing. Because if you work for it, you value it more. And then if you value it more, it tends to be worth more. Not just to you, but to others. So this is something I want you guys to think about. Okay, this is some uh, VA news for today. I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Um, let me know what mistakes I made. <laughs> let me know uh, whatever feedback you guys uh, may have. Um, ways to improve. Uh, I know I have a lot to improve on. Obviously, I'm new at this. But uh, please let me know. I hope you guys have a great day. Take care. God bless. And remember, when you're alone and you have no one with you, Justin will be with you. Because you're my brother, you're my sister in arms, and I will be there for you. All right, guys, take care. God bless.